It's bonus pod 176. You enter the secret comedian's bar at the Edinburgh Fringe. <laughs> You've heard rumours about this place. Someone gave you a little hint on where it was. And you can't believe it. In the back door of the games workshop. Past the boards and past the little orcs. You push through a nondescript door. And you hear the muffled pounding of music. You will follow a little hallway down and music's getting louder and boots, 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 cut, boots, cut. The, 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 the chatter the, gets louder and louder. Five stars. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's hack. Well, I can't believe it. What is it? What, huh? Oh, come on. And you get, you push through the door at the end of the corridor and it washes over you. Can you believe it? It's just jokes. It's just jokes right now. That's why I like it. But it's like it's just complaining. It's just like if you don't have something wrong with you, you can't have a show these days. And and you're like, wow, I can't believe that I'm in the center of British comedy. It's amazing. All your comedy heroes are there. Jeffrey Splat. Tequila Tamlinson, Joanna Bonk, Suzette Peters, Jeremiah Brumfeld. Everyone is here, all your favorite comedians. And, and a guy comes over with a tray and, and, and he goes, uh, champagne. And you're like, oh, I didn't order any champagne. And the guy goes, oh, it's on the house. It's also on my tray. Just a little joke there, and you go, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you take the glass of champagne, and you start drinking. It's the nicest champagne you've ever had. You can't believe this. Oh, my God, in the corner. Is that Sp- uh, Spandau Smith, the famed upside-down comedian who only ever performs upside-down? Here he is right way up. No one's ever seen him like this. You think, wow, truly I am in a privileged position to be C. Spandau Smith the right way up. He only ever performs either hung from a ceiling or doing a handstand. And then all the lights go out. And the music cuts out. And everyone is instantly silent. All the conversation hushes. And a spotlight comes on. And it's aimed directly at you. You're being blinded by this bright white light. And you just hear a voice in the darkness go, go on then. And you're like, what? Excuse me? And a different voice says, you heard him. Go on. You're in the comedian's party. Better tell a joke. And you're like, "Ah." you can't see anything beyond this bright light. You're like, well, I don't really know. And another another voice goes, tell a joke. And another one goes, go on. Earn your right to be here. You can tell that last voice was Spandau Smith. Now you're feeling really under pressure. And you go, oh, you try to start to make one up on the spot. You go, what, what, what do you call a man with no chest? And everyone goes, we don't know. What do you call a man with no chest? He's, he's called, um, no, no lungs. 
no lungs. And there's this harsh silence. And then a single slow clap in the corner. <laughs> and slowly the clap gets closer and closer, closer and closer. And you realize it's Pierre with my hands coming around his back in front of him, <laughs> pretending that he's clapping like that. And Pierre goes, Welcome to the club. And, and all that's gone. Everyone goes, Yeah! <laughs> Welcome to Bonus Pod. That was great. Do you like that? I'm a huge fan of that. I'm a huge, huge fan of that. Um, I really like the 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 image of it being like um, in the last Bond film where they identify him at the party. Oh yeah, or maybe that's the right, one, that's right, that's right. or maybe the one before that. Yeah, with a spotlight. Mm. James, how kind of you to join us. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I like that sort of thing. That's sure. very cool. And I really, really couldn't stop laughing at Suzette Peters. <laughs> just because all the names were like, you know, Franklin Bonk and, and Wrinkles Brumfeld. And you go, oh, yeah, yeah, silly names. And they're just Suzette Peters. They were all there. <laughs> I just could not have pictured it being Suzette Peters. <laughs> She's the craziest of the bunch as well. You wouldn't think it, but her stuff is the wildest. Oh yeah, she's 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 a psycho. She's a psycho. Oh, she's crazy. Um, yes, the comedians' secret bars. Although very few of them are just for comedians, they tend to just generally be for anyone who's in the venue. I mean, right. That's right. That's right. Has a um, which does mean, in my experience, I don't know if you found this. If you go to the assembly venue, private sort of performers bars, you're full of acrobats and stuff, and like jugglers and clown weirdos. Right. Because <laughs> they, yeah, so um, they have so many. It's like, like Hunchback of Notre Dame when <laughs> it goes into the underground world. Yeah, it's like a, a bar directed by Tim Burton. Mmm. Freaks and goblins, dancers and jugglers. Then that bar does look like the the photographs of the French we discussed in the main pod. Sorry, that bar does look like the photographs of the French that we discussed in the main pod. Oh know. yes, Colourful so I think said the photographs of the oh, they said photographs of the French. I was like, oh, which, which they looked like really? photographs of the French jugglers, acrobats. <laughs> it's the sort of job a Frenchman would have, isn't it? <laughs> Um, yes, I'm looking forward to the the bars, the bars of Edinburgh. Yes, asking people how their runs are going, how audience numbers are. Have they had any reviews in? Are do they getting enough sleep? What's their <laughs> daily routine? Do you feel quite um, imperial, sort of arriving at the fringe, a bit of the way in? In, um, in a way, I suppose, and like I will come in energized in precisely the week where everyone's levels are dipping. That's true. But I, I, I feel... I think the first week of the Fringe is always the most fun, the most exciting. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm sad to have missed that. Yeah, um, when all the novelty and stuff and sort of um, post-COVID, I suppose, you're going, it's here, it's here, and you were there, yeah. and you were there. Yeah, and you're promising everyone you'll see their shows, and you're actually going to shows, and... The, the routine hasn't set in yet, so you're like, everything's new and fresh. And Phil, I have some good news for you. The guy who always works at Palmyra is still the same guy. 
Salad and sauce. Salad and sauce. He's been asking, how many times do you think he's asked that question in his life? Salad and sauce. I think he says it in his sleep. Salad and sauce. He's got he's, the same tune every time. Salad and sauce. Salad and sauce. For the listeners, there's sauce. a there's a kebab place called Palmyra. Um and it's an institution because it's even on weeknights when all the comedians leave the horrible little weeknight comedy bars at four or five in the morning, it's still open and it's very close to it's all these somehow bars. Somehow open. It's it always somehow open. Somehow open. I don't know when this guy sleeps. I'm pretty sure I came. I, I walked past it one day at like ten a.m. and he was there <laughs> working. I was like, when does this guy sleep? That guy. And it's been the same guy since I can remember from my first fringe, which was like twelve years ago. Um, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure he's always been there. He's like a god, really. He is kind of like a god. I reckon he's like if you go to actual Palmyra, Pal- Palmyra, at least the bits that ISIS have, hasn't haven't destroyed. Yeah, there'll be an ancient statue there, and you look up, and it's him. Yeah, and he is like a god of actual Palmyra, who, yes. who like left, who went, to, he he fell in love with a Scottish. Uh, woman like centuries ago and he left Palmyra for Edinburgh but and they lived a happy life yeah on the coast of Scotland around Leith and yeah. Leith and 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 but of course although he is eternal she is but a human and he had to watch her wither and age and die and get buried in the Scottish ground in the loam. But he, he stayed, he stayed alive, and he he stayed in Edinburgh, and he built Palmyra, a new Palmyra, a new Palmyra, a new Palmyra for us, in tribute um, to his fallen and lost bride, who loved nothing more than medium quality at best lamb, wrapped in a sort of thin bread, very thin bread, and and every night he honours her memory. With those salad three words, salad and sauce. Salad and sauce. The ghost king of Palmyra, the trade oasis. It is also it's a unique um, uh, shawarma kebab sauce they have there. There's a kind of sweetness to it. There's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a very distinct Palmyra sauce. Yep. Have, Pam, um, you Never heard it anywhere else. else. Never nope. heard it anywhere nope. else. God bless him. God bless him, salad and sauce, man. God bless him. God. They can also make you a pizza in like five minutes. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> They've got this incredibly sinister pizza machine gun that just kind of rah, rah, just kind of belches out pizzas. <laughs> um, uh, have you been to Noodles and Dumplings yet? No, I'm saving it up. I'm saving it up. Okay. I'm saving it. It's oh, I dream of it nightly though, handmade <laughs> nudes. Um, I've been to that good ramen place on Southbridge though lots. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go after this basically immediately. Ah, what is it called again? I can never remember. <laughs> is it Mizaki or Miyaki? Something like that. Yeah, it's very good that. stuff. It's good, yeah, it's good stuff. There's a good sushi bar there. It's got like a sister sushi bar and one's a ramen place around the corner. Then one's a sushi bar. Um. One fringe many years ago, Phil, I made the mistake, achievement, choose your choose your word, of ordering from Palmyra at sort of three or four in the morning the Donna pizza. Oh, I've been there. 
Yeah. I have made a similar wonderful mistake. So it's a large sort of kebab shop style cheese pizza and the contents of a massive sort of endless kebab just kind of piled on top all the salad and lamb and garlic mayo and chili sauce and on and on. It's what you get onion. when you can't decide, yeah. It's what you get when you can't decide. It's what you get when, in my experience, you want to spend the next decade of your life farting. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. Oh, it's good stuff. I want to get up there now. Yeah, man. You're missing out on all this delicious fart food. Fart food. Fart food. Yeah. Close to your heart food. <laughs> but Edinburgh is, um, yeah. for its size, a, a surprisingly good gastronomique destination. It's a great food city. Edinburgh is a great, great, great food city. Lots of great places to eat. Um, but yes, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I followed Pamir. I followed Pamir's golden yellow glow in the night, and a glowing it shines sign. like an oasis. Oh. A glowing sign in a city as dark as Edinburgh really stands out to. Yeah. God bless Palmyra. I think Palmyra should win Spirit of the Fringe one year. Do you know what? That's actually a fucking good idea. Because, I mean, that guy, the amount of salad and sauce he's provided to every comedy hero known to man. There used to be pictures oh, yeah. of Acast and Nish on the walls and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. They might still be there. I haven't checked, to be fair. I think they're still there. Um... Well, Phil, what um, you got any spicy spicy views? Oh, what's been happening? Um, Trump's um, Mar-a-Lago oh, yeah. house has just been raided by the FBI. Really funny. Because he's been holding on to like classified documents you're meant to hand over when you when you finish when you leave the Oval Office. Basically, very right? funny. He's just not done that. He's just gone. <laughs> he's just gone. Nah, I'll just keep all the nuclear codes in my fucking golfing bag. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything spicy to say about that except good. I hope they keep raiding his houses. I hope, <laughs> I hope he's ruined in whatever way possible. Did you see the thing about it where he buried his ex-wife? Huh? Oh no, I saw. Yeah, there's a story about what? What's her name again? Um, Ivana. Ivana Trump. Yeah, Ivana. Is it one of his daughters? Ivana. It yeah, Ivana. the daughters of Ivanka. Ivanka. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, what's the story about this? Um, he's buried her on one of his golf courses. <laughs> really? Is that true? Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Her grave like- and her coffin is on one of the golf courses. And someone online worked out that um, it's probably because if somewhere is technically designated in like local regulation as a cemetery plot, you get huge tax breaks. <laughs> uh, he is such a... Like a, a a bad person, it's it's all it's almost it's, it's impressive. It's like it's kind of comforting to to know oh this sort of clear villainy does exist in the world, and yeah. there is something we can actually measure the rest of morality against. Yeah, I think what's nice is that if clear villainy exists, you think well then clear good probably exists somewhere else too as a corollary. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, imagine just no, like your ex-wife, the mother of most of your kids is dead and you think you just, immediately you're just like Googling grave tax breaks or you know, whatever. <laughs> it's so horrifying. It's, it's like something from a medieval, like a fable. It's so strange. 
What do you think of your the kids yeah. as well? You'd be like, where's mum buried? You go, ah, wherever it'd be best for taxes. Okay, dad. Um, yeah, hole eight. <laughs> uh, just buy the green. I've yeah. got a hole in one by bouncing it off a tombstone. <laughs> God. <laughs> just Donald Trump standing on his own fucking ex-wife's grave, just like thwacking at a ball and missing over and over again. Oh, God. That's, that's oh, his soul. That's what he is at a core level. Is, I, I've, I've wondered... I've always wondered, is is Donald Trump immoral or amoral? Like, people people say, oh, he's sexist, he's racist. I think he's more doesn't care about anyone who isn't him. And sometimes it looks like racism, sometimes it looks like sexism. But I think what it is, is he actually doesn't care about anyone but him. I don't think he actually cares what someone's race or sex is. He doesn't care about anyone except him himself. I think he's... I think it's a good question. I think he's I think he's amoral, but he has immoral like um layers that are on him just by virtue of of who he was raised by and his context. Mhm. Um so it's like right, um, so, like his his core so, is amoral, but he does think some mm-hmm. sort of classic racist stuff. Yeah, right, right, right. So he is fundamentally amoral, but if there is a moral structure built on top of his amorality it's immoral <laughs> structure yes yeah so like yeah his amorality is like the granite like he's like a big granite block of amorality that's painted with a sort of slightly with a sort of racist varnish <laughs> right gotcha yeah i think that's fair because he's like uh and he, but like even then like the varnish does come off under pressure so if you just go hey you hate um this minority but also they have money and he was just like fine okay cool right yeah so that's when the amorality comes out but then like if if the issue if the issue isn't forced, I think he'll just sort of recede into exactly what you'd think a guy his age from his background would think, which does seem I mean, like all the rumors about his dad and like being in the clan or his dad being like a super racist landlord and da da da. Oh yeah, I forget about that. Yeah, it's hard to keep he's track like, of all the evil. Yeah, he's like a character in the Watchmen series. It's like he can track <laughs> through his parentage all like <laughs> his parents were like in the clan and cross burners and and you watch a show and you go, oh, this is all a bit tidy, isn't it? That the one villain is... <laughs> but no, it's real. It's real in Donald Trump's case. I mean, yeah, it's been said many times, but it bears repeating. He is a writer's nightmare. <laughs> yeah. You just go, uh, oh, what if, um, what if Superman's enemy had an actual Hitler mustache and kept going, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that seems a bit on the nose. And you go, well, the bad news is he's real and he's the president, so... <laughs> Make a joke about that, funny guy. Hey, you funny comedian. Why don't you make a joke about this, quote-unquote, comedian? So-called comedian. Why don't you pull your pants down and make a big joke? <laughs> um, What other spice has been nice? Um, What other spice has been nice? Um, I'm reserving my, my 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 take on the fringe being small and incredibly expensive will be spicy either way because either it'll just be like oh it turned out fine for me at least ha ha or it'll be like uh, oh no we need to burn this to the ground and start again somewhere else either way yes I mean there are elements of it that need to be um, burned to the ground and started somewhere else um, the the costs in particular the rents and stuff. Uh... Yeah, that needs completely overhauling. 
Yeah, I think the various so. Unnecessary costs of performing there because you know it's if you're not if you don't have money, it's very hard to get started. Yeah, it's on a, a comedy career. Yeah, without 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 a bit of capital injection or whatever, it's very unfairly set up and. Every year they make the same speeches where they go, how can we make this for everyone? This festival's for everyone. You go, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's one of the least for everyone <laughs> things ever. Yeah, yeah. Unless you want to live in a hostel for a month and do a show well, with nothing. Like, yeah, I think what needs to be... I mean, they have to change the laws around the accommodation for the month of August. If, if Edinburgh and Scotland want to keep the fringe as something that is uniquely theirs, they're going to have to... Make some special, take some special measures. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, Maybe I mean a price, a rent cap for the month of August would be the clearest um, step. You'd think, or or at least doing like that Olympics thing where you get in from outlying towns much more easily. Lay on like midnight, one a.m. coaches, things like that. Uh yeah, that's a good idea. That's a um, good idea. Shall we get? Shall I, shall I read some correspondence from a Patreon? We've had, I've had, we've, we've had some patron Patreons come to the show as well, and they then they say, oh. "And I'm a Patreon subscriber, and I always, I always give them an extra special wink, a, a, an, a, an extra wet smooch on the forehead. That's it, an extra <laughs> leaves a big string of drool connecting my mouth and their <laughs> face." And they're just smiling. Hmm? They, smile, they smile as it sort of laces down over their head and mouth. Just going, <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, ben gets in touch. Ben. A Ben among men. A Ben among men. Are you men or are you Ben? What have I got here? A load of Ben? I asked for men, <laughs> and they gave me Ben. <laughs> That's well, really funny. Can with this, Ben. I asked your king for men, and he sends me Ben. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Just one guy. Hello. Just only one guy. Like <laughs> something Leonidas would say. On yes. the way to <laughs> Do you call yourself men? Mm, I see before me Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I really love the idea of like uh, you've got uh, you know you know whatever the names are: Leonidas, Achilles, Hector, Ben. <laughs> For the record, I said Thermopolis, and it's Thermopylae. I've just realised Thermopylae. Of course. Yeah, I went. I, w- I went Roman when I should have gone Greek with Thermopolis. Yeah, you went Roman when you should have gone Greek. It's Happy, a classic. It happens. I'm always doing. It's a classic. It's a classic problem. So Ben says, "Dear Wang Tastics and Piero Roche." That's nice, tasty. Very nice. Yeah. Sweets. Um, I write to you from the end of July. Oh, that's a romantic way of saying when you wrote something. I write to you from the end of July, and assume it may take some time for you to read this. I hope you are well in the future and are continuing to produce high-quality scatological-slash-munitions-based audio as ever. (laughs) (laughs) It is funny when you lay it out like that. It is funny. It has been a pleasure to praise Redacted. Oh, that's nice. Very nice. 
Before I tell my toilet tale, I want to say I saw Phil at Stand and Calling. Oh, yes. Lovely Stand and Calling in the village of Standon. Well, so he said, um, I was deeply impressed by the way he coped under what must have been trying conditions because it didn't help the comedy stage was situated somewhere between the main stage and a very loud waltzer ride. (laughs) <laughs> yes, there was a thumping drum and bass um, back, uh, uh, background soundtrack to the comedy. Yeah, well, he um, said, um, and at one point the the like the beat dropped on a punchline, which was pretty cool. Oh, aside that's from that, sick. <laughs> aside from that, it was quite annoying. <laughs> that's really funny. And it turned out they were my shoes. Bob, wop, wop, wop. Everyone freaking out. Oh man, that'd be great. <laughs> EDC electronic dance comedy um, so he says meaning his sultry tones were set to a heavy bass beat um, he says it also didn't help that due to competing sounds the mic was giving a lot of feedback and forced Phil to spend some time finding the perfect spot on stage yes I had to, I had to shimmy about for a bit difficult conditions indeed but the true show of professional acumen was your ability to deal with what I assume is the strangest heckle any comedian has ever had to deal with Yes, as um, a child, young boy at the says. front. Yes, yes. So as a child in the front row who I was sat behind had his hand up for about five minutes before you noticed him and a bizarre Q&A oh, wow. ensued. I, I, had no, I, I didn't know it had been up that long. <laughs> he was very keen. With the oddest question, a bizarre Q&A, with the oddest question being your opinion about bears. Yes, do you, do, do you like bears? Um, what did you say? I, I, I said... Uh, on the whole, they were fine, but they they were quite scary. And I suppose I said I, th- I might have said it depends on what type of bear. Like a grizzly bear is quite frightening. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good answer. He said, "Surely yeah. this would finish a week a comedian." But I thoroughly enjoyed you turning it around and bringing up the uh, education system of Standards area into question. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Later on, after I did the show, I was walking back to the place where the car a car can pick you up to leave the festival, and someone's like, "Oh, yeah, that's a good show." Yeah, I was at something as like a science talk earlier today, and that kid was there, and he all, he asked about bears then as well. Really? <laughs> so this yeah, this kid is like was obsessed with bears. <laughs> I call, I think I, I called him on, on stage an ursophile, <laughs> 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 which uh, you know that's pretty that's pretty good on your on your toes thinking. I think that's fucking great. Um, <laughs> it's good comedy to use the phrase the word ursophile, especially as a child. <laughs> What are you, an ursophile? Jesus. <laughs> um, so he says, uh, I applaud you um, uh, and your skills. My main story focuses around a good friend of mine who, when we were younger, had a strange affliction that occurred during the night after some fairly heavy imbibing. Mm, yum. Mm. Yum. One particularly memorable occasion was after a night of revelry. 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 Of pleasure. It is Reverie, a pleasure to revel with you. Um, <laughs> at a friend's... <laughs> at a friend's parents' house while they were away. We happened to be sleeping in the same room together and had said our good nights. when after mm. an hour or so, I rolled over to see my close friend standing over me, pants down, penis out. Great. And a slack-jawed expression on his face. That's oh. frightening. Oh. I screamed. Oh, yuck. Yeah. 
The other sleepover guests throughout the house flooded in to watch as our friends stumbled around the room, oblivious to our shouts and cries, clearly sleepwalking. Ah, it's like Dawn of the Dead or something. (laughs) Eventually, he seemed to find some interest in the curtains, which he confidently pulled back and pissed behind. Ah! Yes. He then advanced on the wardrobe, which he also tried to use as a toilet, but fortunately, (laughs) we managed to dissuade him. It's funny to say advance on a wardrobe. Advanced on the wardrobe. Um, he hopped back into bed and wouldn't be disturbed again from his deep slumber. We cleaned up his mess as best we could, thinking we could laugh about it in the morning, and all was peaceful again. I, however, kept one eye open, convinced we hadn't seen the last of this sleep pisser. <laughs> I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> he arose again, but this time I knew what was coming and reacted calmly. He started making for the door, and I followed him. Once I realized he wasn't heading for the toilet, I tried to guide him, but I felt a steely determination in his motion that indicated any forcible intervention might result in a sleepwalk-induced backlash. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) There is a particular kind of violence I think we all pick up when we're sort of between sleep and yeah, wake awakeness, flailing violence, and consciousness. Yeah, you, you become very angry, you become a bit animalistic because you're like, if it's like the sort of the humane, the human part of your consciousness is sort of um, still asleep, put aside. Yes, the sleep, and it's just yeah. the animal subconscious that is awake. Yeah, and you're sort of going, Row! just this weird. <laughs> yeah, um, I decided, he says, to simply follow. He made it down the stairs, through a series of doors, out the locked front door, onto the street, and walked about a hundred meters before again being satisfied he'd found the perfect spot, fully dropped his pants, and had a glorious piss, near enough stark bollock naked in the middle of a road in the small hours of the night. Hmm, still preferable to the mm. Anakin. Yeah. He found his way back to bed and was out like a light. He awoke feeling refreshed and none the wiser, only when he <laughs> saw my ah. face. <laughs> ah. Morning! Morning! <laughs> Only when he saw my face did his ignorant, sunny disposition fade. (laughs) Ignorant. Ignorant sleep pisser. Ignorant boy. You know nothing of what happened this night. Ignorant boy. You piss behind the curtain like some ignorant sleep pisser. Um, He realized something dreadful must have happened. These days he doesn't drink so much. Koji Ben. Oh, thanks, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Thank you, Ben, and thank you to all the Patreons for listening. Yes, thank you all very much. Thank you for Patreoning. Thank you for listening oning. Thank you for sending in oning your letters. Oh, yes. Um, if you are in Edinburgh um, for the Frange, do come to Pierre and my shows. Uh, we'd love to see you. And lovely to hear Koji's whispered at us after. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. But until then, have a lovely week and bye-bye. Bye.